I'm Manolo Quezon, and this is the Explainer Podcast. This is an audio-long read of two of my The Long View columns published in the Philippine Daily Inquirer. September 23, not 21, was originally published on September 19, 2018, while Time Bandit was published on September 23, 2020. These are the second and third, respectively, of my three pieces on the proper date for commemorating martial law. September 23, not 21, by Manuel El Quezon III, The Long View, Philippine Daily Inquirer, September 19, 2018. It's not true that Joseph Goebbels' advice that a lie, repeated often enough, becomes the truth as an insight into his own methods. He was cleverer than that. What he did say was, in reference to the British, in a speech attacking Winston Churchill on January 12, 1941, quote, The English follow the principle that when one lies, it should be a big lie and one should stick to it. They keep up their lies even at the risk of looking ridiculous, end quote. Goebbels always claimed, as totalitarians do, that what he broadcast was the truth. It was the enemy that lied. The moment you commemorate martial law on September 21, Marcos wins. That is because September 21 is only tenable as the anniversary of martial law if you accept legal fiction. That, simply because the great dictator pointed to a hastily typed stack of papers, it must be so because he said it was so. But it was not. But so strong was the lie, because so often repeated and so often commemorated, that many of those who lived through it recall it as he wanted it recalled. However, if you ask often enough, recollections will suddenly emerge from their Marcos-induced fog of lies and reveal the truth. What happened on September 21, 1972? Four things will suffice to disprove the Marcos chronology of events. It was a Thursday, so Congress had a regular session day in the Senate. Benigno Esaquino Jr. made a privileged speech about the danger of a martial law proclamation. The movement of concerned citizens for civil liberties held a demonstration at Plaza Miranda in Quiapo. 30,000 people attended. The northern bloc of congressmen popped up at the palace to ask President Marcos if martial law would be declared in 48 hours. The U.S. ambassador visited Marcos to ask the same thing. Marcos had planned to proclaim martial law on September 21 because that was the day Congress was supposed to adjourn sine die, reconvening in the last week weeks of January, which was then the start of the new legislative session. Since then, it's been moved to July. With typical inefficiency, Congress was behind schedule, and so the scheduled adjournment of what was already a special session on September 23 to give time for the Bicameral Conference Committee on the Tariff and Customs Code to be held over the next couple of days. 
It was at this meeting at the Hilton Manila that Aquino would be arrested around midnight of September 22 to 23. Marcos, of course, zigged and zagged about the particulars and never had the opportunity to sort out his own chronology. In his own diary, he wrote that he finished preparing Proclamation Number 1081 in the evening of September 21, but he'd also mentioned finishing the paperwork in prior entries. Marcos would also tell a gathering of historians he signed the proclamation on September 17. David Rosenberg, in a 1973 article, said Marcos signed it around 3 a.m. on September 23, and journalist Raymond Bonner, based on an interview with Juan Ponce Enrile, said the defense secretary witnessed Marcos sign the proclamation in the morning of September 23. At best, no chronology can claim to be definitive as of now. It may turn out that Marcos, expecting resistance and possibly a counter-coup, didn't formalize the paperwork until the die was cast and things were turning out to be proceeding fairly smoothly. What we do know is that, as September 22 turned into September 23, the forcible closing of media and the arrest of target personalities took place. That is why people woke up in the morning of September 23 to discover most media shut down and the remaining TV station and radio stations broadcasting cartoons and music. People were told to await a national address that kept being postponed until, at 7.15 p.m., Marcos finally appeared on TV. Together with the new society came the cult of September 21 enshrined as Thanksgiving Day. Logically enough, then-Senator Arturo Tolentino told his stunned colleagues, this is a coup d'etat. But Marcos smoothly applied a combination of bribery. Members of Congress and Constitutional Convention delegates were promised automatic membership in a future interim National Assembly. And threats. Supreme Court justices were warned, Leave martial law alone or I will proclaim a revolutionary government and you will be out of a job. To maintain a surface appearance of institutional continuity while he figured out how to permanently scrap the 1935 Constitution. Time Bandit by Manuel El Queson III, The Long View, Philippine Daily Inquirer, September 23rd, 2020. A reminder that we are reaching the outer limits of the dictatorship being within living memory. The sands of time running out, not just for the opponents of a Marcos restoration, but the Marcoses themselves. As the loyalist ranks thin out, so too do the ranks of foes of the dictatorship. Which is why you have to be aware that picking September 21 as the martial law anniversary is a tribute to Ferdinand Marcos, who engineered it so people alive then actually forgot there was no martial law on September 21, 1972. Marcos began planning martial law when he became only the second president elected to a second term in 1969 when he claimed to be the first president to be re-elected to office. By then, memories of Quezon's re-election in November 1941 had faded, so he could get away with the claim 
still repeated even by historians and political scientists. Seeing he would have to step down from office in 1973, he also pursued other schemes ranging from shifting to parliamentary government or having Imelda succeed him. He gauged how the public and institutions would react by testing the waters, for example, by suspending the privilege of the writ of habeas corpus. He also engineered the removal or retirement of older officers who were constitutional in outlook, replacing them with officers who would support him. Much has been made of his superstitious fetish for the number seven, but Marcos chose September because under the system at the time, Congress was due to go into recess, not reconvening until January when its session would open with a State of the Nation address. Sonas were in January, hence the first quarter storm in 1970. Recess meant Congress silent. Even people in his administration who had misgivings, like Executive Secretary Alejandro Melchor, were sent abroad. This is why the martial law proclamation was countersigned not by the executive secretary, but by a presidential assistant. The speaker was also abroad. But Congress then and now has been lax, so to his irritation, Marcos found out that Congress would still be in session September 21 because some committees still had work to do, so he had to postpone things. The problem was Word was leaking. On September 21, Ninoy gave his last Senate privilege speech warning of martial law. The next day's papers reported this. There was a big rally in Plaza Miranda. The initiative was slipping away from Marcos, who faced institutions becoming alert to what was afoot. He had already sent his kids abroad just in case. This explains the Enrile assassination gambit. Something had to be done to make people forget the snowballing news of martial law. It provided cover for postponed plans to be put in operation at last. This was September 22, and it was late at night on September 22 that the military fanned out to close down communications and the media, shut down the airports and ports, and decapitate the opposition and other groups by arresting media, civil society, and political personages. The only armed resistance briefly came from the Iglesia Ni Cristo, when its radio station was shut down. Then Marcos raised the ante by invoking powers that exceeded the general understanding of martial law. He took lawmaking power upon himself, for example, usurping Congress's lawmaking power and declaring his acts as beyond the review of the courts. He waited to see what people would do, which was nothing. So on the evening of September 23, Marcos told the country of martial law, by lying, of course, this is not a coup, he said. Yes, but only because the word for self-coup still had to be invented. Marcos himself seemed surprised, then delighted, crowing in his diary on September 25, nothing succeeds like success. Which is why to recognize September 21 is to revise time itself, to uphold Marcos's revising time and memory itself with his legal, moral, political fictions. I remember this because when interviewing people active in 1972, it actually took a lot of repeated questioning to make them remember that on September 21, 1972, life was still normal. They themselves, even if anti-Marcos, had been brainwashed by Marcos. They would sometimes be surprised to remember that 
they actually saw Marcos on TV on September 23. That is the power of propaganda personified. This is an audio-long read of two of my The Long View columns published in the Philippine Daily Inquirer. September 23, not 21, was originally published on September 19, 2018, while Time Bandit was published on September 23, 2020. These are the second and third, respectively, of my three pieces on the proper date for commemorating martial law. Just listen to an audio long read, an occasional feature of the Manolo Quezon is the Explainer podcast. Thanks for listening.